Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge On Simmons. Welcome into episode 161. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by CA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. We're back. UCF beat Villanova 48-14 on Saturday night. Feels like, I don't know, maybe it's just been I've been busy, but it feels like a long time ago. But we're already on to Kansas State. Um, before we get into a couple of things we wanted to touch on from Villanova and then the Kansas State preview, Christian, how are you? I'm doing well. UCF is 3-0 for the first time since 2019, so this is the latest I've ever gotten to fall without having depression <laughs> or anxiety in a few years, so that's exciting. Um, um how, how are you i never ask back i always you ask me how i am and i say great so ucf and that's sort of how the podcast goes great um yeah i feel good ucf's three and oh so that's not the cause of my depression and anxiety um <laughs> we're we're uh, we're um yeah three and oh going into kind of big 12 play excited about it i mean i'm not anticipating a win on saturday but i still i'm still kind of just like yeah this is great it's gonna be fun so I realize the headspace, <laughs> the headspace I'm in, it's not going to be fun if they lose bad. The headspace I'm in is that, because we've said it, we've basically been saying it since the summer and nothing that's happened in the first three games of the season has made me feel differently that I don't expect UCF to win this game. That's not to say yeah. I don't think they can win this game. Those are two very different things. I easily believe they can win this game. I just am not expecting it because Kansas State is a really good team. They won the Big 12 last year. They have a lot of very, very large players and UCF is still kind of working up to that level. It's going to be tough. And I feel that way. And then I went to check on Kansas State's 247 site just to see what the vibe was. And it was like, oh, uh, well, uh, yeah, we lost to Missouri, but we got an easy bounce back game this week. And someone was like, <laughs> I- I'd take us by 28 against UCF. And people were like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And I'm just like, it, I believe that UCF will not win, but I've decided it's not okay for Kansas State fans to believe that. Like only I am allowed to not believe in my team. Like I just, I got very upset by those comments, even though I also think UCF is going to lose. Yeah, it's like a sibling or friend thing where it's like you can make fun of your sibling or friend just like about random stuff. But if someone else says it like from the outside, someone else says it, you get really defensive and you're like, no, only I can say that. Only it's literally I can say exactly UCF can that. lose. That's what it is. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's weird. I didn't realize that there's a perception that they're going to win by 28. That, well, that that is just a perception. Like I yeah. feel I, I feel 100 percent confident saying right now that UCF will not lose by 28. Uh, knock on wood. But yeah continue to keep that out there yeah. um i think i think what's good what's good is if they lose by 28 then i'm really then the vibes are really going to turn quickly but i think they'll be able to handle it what's an acceptable amount they can lose by that the fan base isn't gonna like the fan base will be upset obviously if they lose but what's 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 an amount they can lose what's the most points they can lose by that the fan base won't be bailing on the season 10 <laughs> yeah it's like 10 12 probably feels like 10 yeah depends on how though like if it's like I don't know. That's a good because there's there's different ways. Like if they lose like forty seven to thirty five, that feels different than if you lose like twenty eight to sixteen, where you're like, oh, the offense is kind of. Eh. Is it weird that I would feel better about twenty eight to sixteen? Like UCF no. giving UCF giving up forty seven points in their first Big Twelve game would like deeply alarm me for what the rest of the season could bring. I also don't see that happening at all, especially not with Kansas State yeah, having some questions so. about their quarterback's health and all that. Yeah, I don't think so. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll get on to our five-star review question now before we touch back on a couple of Villanova things and then talk about K-State. But the five-star review question said, one simple question, where is Bowman? Of course, referring to Demarcus Bowman, who got the first carry in week one, got the first carry in week two, and then didn't get a carry until late in week three. And then I think he got banged up on that play. Um, 
that's where he is. He is on the bench. He has, like, he has yeah. 10 carries this year. 62 um, yards. That's a pretty good average. Um, I mean, yeah, 6.2 average. That's, I, you know, I, so I've been thinking about this and not that he was part of this transfer class anyway, but like UCF really just hasn't hit on any transfers, huh? Like, sure, you've got like Marcellus Marshall is starting and Drake Metcalf. So I guess on the O line, they hit where they needed to. Well, but... let's see about Drake Metcalf. Drake Metcalf, yeah. Uh, well, I guess Hot I seat. was going to get to that a little later. But yeah, so Drake Metcalf, <laughs> as we talked about, was benched after a couple false start penalties in a play where the ball ended up on the ground and Tim McLean had to do some magic. And Gus was asked at the presser today, uh, what's the status of Drake Metcalf? And Gus's reply was, we have a competition now at center. So I, which is interesting because I thought Metcalf had been playing fine outside, outside of the pen. Like, I'm not going to, you know, yeah, false starts are bad, but, and Kaden Kittler is just a redshirt freshman. So I was surprised by that, but. I thought Kittle oh, looked fine when he was in, so who knows? I'll say it. I'll say it. Where was that energy with the quarterback last year? I don't know. Like, what, talk- this is the thing that he's like, oh, we can't. I mean, obviously, yeah, you don't have penalties. Like, he's like, it's been, it was one game. It was in, in issues. I mean, unless it went back to the first two games, but I don't remember anything. There were a couple. He, there were there were a couple issues in the first two games. Like, but once or still, twice, but. It's just like, all right, now <laughs> you might have lost your job here, buddy. But then it's just like, oh, no, he's it's it's fine. I still, uh, I'll, I'll bet right now, like I could be wrong. I'm wrong about plenty of things, but I, I feel like it's going to be Metcalf on Saturday. I still feel like this is just, he wasn't correcting what they want him to correct. And it's a mental thing. And they were like, we're going to show him that we need business and that he's not going to play if he's not going to fix this. I think that's Metcalf, it. Metcalf on a short leash, probably it would be my, would be my guess. Because if, it, if those issues like come up again, that's it. He's done. Yeah. I, if he's, if he starts and then there's a false start or a bad snap, like, yeah, at that point, I think they're ready to move on. But I think what's extra funny about it is it feels like it was almost even more insulting than just keeping him out the whole game as Matt Calf then came back in when they subbed in the second string guys late in the game. And yeah. I, it, that weirdly felt more insulting to me than if he just stayed out the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, Demarcus Bowman. Um, it just, he's... I guess, I don't know. We heard all off season that he was awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where that went. And I'm still just hoping that out of nowhere, he just breaks out, but he can't break out if they don't give him carries. And I don't know now, I don't know if he's still banged up from that, from that one play or if it was just kind of a shaken up thing, but doesn't seem like he's much of a factor, which is kind of sad. Which is fine. I mean, you know, they have RJ Harvey, who's one of the best backs of of recent years for UCF. They have Johnny Richardson, who's also there. So they're, they're, you know, they're fine, but I don't know. I, like I said, don't know. There has to be something we're missing. I don't know if it's that he can't block. I don't know if it's that he can't take care of the ball. There's something we're missing because otherwise it doesn't make sense for, like I said, what makes it weird to me is that it's unusual to have a whole off season where there was a lot of hype around a player and not fan generated hype, like internal actual hype of, Oh, this guy's crazy. Wait till you see this guy. He looks great in practice. He did this crazy thing and that crazy thing. Then the season rolls around. He just doesn't play. I, it, it's very strange. So it, I don't know. It was the whole, like we talk about oh press conference, like when, a, when somebody gets asked about a certain player, like don't take anything they say seriously, but it was like, Oh, who stood out in practice? A very general question. And people be like, Oh, Demarcus Bowman's just like, he's just flying. Like he's crazy. It was then, also outside people who were visiting practice and things like that were coming away like, wow, Bowman looked crazy. Like just so I, I have no idea. It's yeah. it's just further evidence of why predicting anything in the offseason is pointless, because when in this offseason ever would I predicted that Bowman would be a complete non-factor for UCF? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Can't wait till next offseason when we're asking people, hey, keep listening to us predict these things because well, it's still fun. Like it's yeah. fun to think, you know, what's going to happen. It's still like, fun. It, it's just as pointless. As long as we, as long as we recognize that, I think it's okay. So I got to say, I, I listen to a lot of college football podcasts. One of my favorites is the athletics feed, even post Andy Staples leaving and Ari Wasserman, who sometimes makes me want to scream with his takes on college football, but 
is a really good podcaster. And he said something that I loved because someone was getting at him for like, why didn't you, you know, you thought that Colorado was going to suck and they were going to go three and nine. And now what do you have to say? And he said on the podcast, he said, what I have to say is that if I could accurately predict the games, I would be living in a house that looks like Lincoln Riley's right now. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Like no, no one that's knows what's going to happen. That's why we like college football is you can't predict it, but yeah. Um, all right, we can just jump into the things we missed from Villanova and neither of the things we're going to talk about are related to the actual game itself. What um, else do you want us to talk about? Like, yeah, yeah UCF looked good against the bad team. I even, and I even looked back at like the box score, some of the, just the stats, and I'm like, is there anything? I'm like, pretty sure we did a good job of touching on absolutely everything. And I rewatched the entire game on Sunday and came up with nothing to talk about. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, um, I, we covered it. <laughs> so what we can talk about is this whole zombie nation thing that everybody is going crazy about. Um, I don't know. I wasn't there, so I didn't really notice it. I thought the only thing I noticed for the Kent State game was when they, they normally play – zombie nation as the, like right before the team is running out and they usually play it like as they're in the tunnel and like you get a little bit of it it felt very quick for the first game it just seemed like a missed time thing i didn't really notice the rest of that game or i mean on tv on saturday them not playing it and then mohajer and the ucf exper- fan experience account came back with the receipts for how much they played it and it's just like all right i, I don't know so let's map out a timeline here Let's let's just map out a timeline and chronologically discuss what's happened in Zombie Nation Gate, which is what we're now calling this, is as early as the Kent State game, which was the home game before this one, there were some fans on Twitter who after the game were like, why aren't we, why didn't we play Zombie Nation before? It feels like we're playing it less. I saw like a few of those tweets. I didn't think about it one way or the other because like I I can't put into words how little I care how long songs are played in the bounce house zombie nation or not. Like I really can't even state to you guys how dumb of a thing this is to care about to begin with. Well, that's anyway, because you're, you're not allowed to jump up and down in the press box. So this doesn't concern you. I wonder how quickly I'd be kicked out if I just started doing that. Like I just stood up in my seat and just started like <laughs> jumping up and down. Does that I, constitute, um, they say no cheering in the press box. Does that constitute cheering? Or are you so, just... I've always laughed because th- so when back in the day, like if I'm going to put you guys uh, uh, listeners into the, into the shoes of, if you're a journalism student at UCF and, and they really like f- from the second you're covering the team, like way back in the day, like when we were student journalists and when, cause they were UCF back then. I don't know if they are now where it was very good about like letting student journalists have opportunities to cover teams, both football and otherwise talk to players. And they would talk about how, you know, this is a professional press box. This is a professional setting. There's no cheering. Like people are working and, and you do. And like, I hope that fans understand that is something you take seriously. Like people, or they're doing their jobs and it's not like it it's it's like an office people are working and i remember that one of the things they said was they were really talking to people about like you know you really have to not cheer and i know it can be really hard to not cheer and they were going over ways with the students to like quietly cheer without having to like they were like you could like fist pump under the table if something happens or you could like nod your head and i'm just like are there people who are just so like can't control themselves to the point that like i have to do something if you see up scores like i can't just sit there like a normal human being i always found that interesting anyway all that to be said kent state game people are like why aren't they playing zombie nation more this game happens i i don't know i heard zombie nation a few times again i'm not in the press box with a stopwatch like let's see how long it's how long it's hitting there he is and terry is oh my lord and then after the game, bunch more of stuff on Twitter. Like a lot of fans are like, we need to fire the TJ. What's going on? <laughs> Why does UCF hate its own fan base because it's not playing Zombie Nation? All that is fine. The baffling part to me is that the UCF fan experience account, which has been around for like three weeks, just showed up one day and was like, hello, we're yeah. in a UCF account, goes through meticulously and replies to everyone. This wasn't one tweet, replies to everyone with the timestamps of how long they played Zombie Nation and when the game they played it. Over and over again. They do that like five times. And I guess the message still isn't getting through. So Terry's like, my turn. And then Terry does the exact same thing. 
And I don't know who... I like to think Terry's the one running the other account. He's like, oh, I'll just switch to my account now. That's what someone said. I was talking about someone else and they said, do we think that Terry like was the one sending those tweets and like accidentally signed it to his account or something? Like maybe, I don't know. But I don't know who I'm more baffled by. The UCF fans who are going crazy over this or UCF Athletics for me, like we need to acknowledge this and snuff it out. Like I just, it, it, it's the stupidest thing that's happened with UCF Twitter in a while. And that's saying something. I think it means UCF's doing well on the field. Like we've gone to the point where we're now yeah. complaining about how many, we're fighting over how many seconds Zombie Nation has played in a game. But yeah, so I, I I don't know. Now I think I am going to keep track of it next home game. I think for the Baylor Maybe. game, I'm going to send a tweet every time it's played. Well, <laughs> well, I was gonna I was gonna ask, but then because we're now that we're on the topic of this, but I feel like you're the wrong person to ask. Um, I'm not sure you're the right person to ask this because how little you care about Zombie Nation being played. But I know in the Kent State game they didn't play that Avicii song, The Knights, and I was wondering, I was annoyed they, they did play that. that day. Did they not play it for? They did play it for Villanova. Okay, they played that so for. They might have forgot week one. So okay. I don't like that right. song either. Why? Well, not either. I like Zombie Nation. <laughs> I, I, I don't like I, it. I said either. They always, I, and it's so funny. I associate that with basketball more than football because they always play the basketball games. And it's like, I don't know. Okay, I'll take that back. It's not that I don't like it. It's that I think it's wild that UCF plays an entire song start to finish because the word night is in it for one second. And sure, I just like it because everybody sings along to it. This, the night. whole stadium's like, it's coming. The yeah. night the night is coming. He's going to say night. And then he goes, these are that. And everyone's like, nights. And it's like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, it's not that Better it's like. Terry's song. Uh, and that's the one that I've actually complained about before. I don't know why the hell they, Terry's done some things, but I, it's just, I can't of all the things to care about this season. I'm like, I'm over here. Like, wow, UCF's first ever game, first ever big 12 league game. This is a moment we've been talking about for decades, literally decades. The idea of UCF playing a power conference league game. And what are the fans on Twitter talking about leading up to the game? Why was zombie nation only played for two minutes or whatever it was. And UCF athletics, instead of tweeting, like it's our big week, we're in the power five is like, well, here are the exact seconds that it was. I, it, I, I don't know what we're doing anymore. I, that will be cured if UCF loses this week and then people will go back to caring about real things. But if UCF wins, they're going to find something even dumber for next game. They're going to be up there and be like, now I got, I got a, a Philly cheesesteak from the stand where it was offered and they did not put peppers on it. Fire Terry Malager, like that's, and Scott Carr isn't here to test the bun. Like, what are we going to do? Unbelievable. Wow. Um, The other thing we had to talk about from the Villanova game was JRP's beard. JRP has a beard now. Yeah. He does have a beard. I think, uh, I forget who, who posted it. I think one of, one of some account posted, um, and I think it was a video of him saying like, should he keep it or not? And everyone was like, yes, he should keep it. I like it. It looks good. I thought he looked good with the beard. I thought he's, he's probably a better quarterback with the beard, right? (laughs) am i wrong to he's, think that he's more of a grizzled veteran he knows what he's doing with the ball and he's he's just that's 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 what comes with it he looks I like i think that there's at least one defender who would pull up on a hit if he saw the beard all right i, I don't know who that defender on. is we gotta but move on. Would. i'm just we saying move on um ucf kansas state this weekend eight o'clock uh in manhattan uh i almost went to this game and then forgot i had a wedding to go to on friday did you I don't so, that. yeah was i was that? planning on going uh, you were not there. I don't know. What do you mean? Where were you? Probably in Orlando. You were going to go to a road game without me? I'm offended. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just realized why boss, you would have gone. Yeah. It's your, yeah, it's yeah. your Peter Report boss. Is yeah. State. And okay. he's, he's a K-State grad and he is going and he said like he, we were going to go together. And then I remembered, oh, wait, I have a wedding to go to on Friday night Um, that I've already RSVP'd to. So. I've never met that man. He probably does not know my name, and he's one of my favorite people in the world because he gave us our restaurant recommendation list for when we went to Memphis, and I had like four of my favorite meals ever. So huge! Everything shout out was to, good. To Scott, is that his Scott, name? Yes. Shout out yes. to Scott. Everything was good. Um, but yeah, so not going to this game. Instead, you and I will be at Nights Out Pub 
uh, for the game. And then we have our post game podcast live from nights out pub after the game. Um, and we have been promoting this for a few weeks. I want to thank the TV networks for making the game 8 PM. So we'll now be doing like a midnight podcast from nights out pub, but I'm very excited for it anyway. (laughs) I'm I'm so annoyed about that, but yes, I'm still excited about it. Um, and I mean, obviously the big thing is, is can UCF get on the national radar with a win in its first big 12 game? I know they're three and oh, they didn't, you know, they don't have any votes in the AP poll. Kansas state dropped out of the AP poll generously after losing to Missouri the week before playing UCF. So can I make a comment about that real quick? Yeah, this is where this is where college football stops making sense to me is things like this. I'm going to go to bat for the Wildcats for a second here is that Kansas State three days ago was the number 15 team in the country. Missouri beat them with a 61 yard buzzer beating kick. I don't fully understand the mentality of a voter where if that 61 yard kick does not go in, then right now Kansas State is like the 13th or 14th best team in the country. But since the kick had those two extra yards and did go in, Kansas State is not a top 25 team. That like when you think about it, like no that sense. doesn't make sense to me. I was pretty shocked they fell out of the poll. I think it's lazy voting because I just it was a it was no a road game too. It's not like it was like a road game at an undefeated SEC a- team. So they lost on so a six, they lost on the largest are the largest they lost on the longest field goal in SEC history and voters are like I mean, wow that, that field goal might have been good but from like 66 because that wasn't like I, yes. I was like 61 like this game's going to overtime and it was a bomb of a kick but and voters yeah. saw that happen and thought wow if that kick hadn't gone in then I think that you would be like you know right on the cusp of being a near 16 but since that kick did go in I don't think I didn't even talk or think about you for the rest of the season like I yeah. wild mentality but whatever so not a top 25 game for UCF in their first uh big 12 uh conference game but I mean this is still the defending Big 12 champion. It's still a brand in the Big 12, and UCS going to their place, and it it's going to be difficult. But yeah, if they win, it's going to make a lot of noise. I think. I think so too. And and we're seeing you know the new four are getting their first games. Uh, Houston had theirs last week and just got beat up on by TCU in Houston Stadium that still did not get full even for their Big 12 opener. So we can yeah. we can officially say one game into Big 12 play that adding Houston was a mistake. Um, but yeah, I do think that this is, I mean, pe- fans have been talking about cause UCF is one of the very few, I think it's just them and Rutgers are the only two undefeated power five teams left that, um, do not have any votes in AP. Maybe it's the thing about being Knights. I don't know, but I, I do think that cause fans are really up in arms about that. I've seen a few comments from fans who are like, how oh, they're not paying attention to us. I will say UCF has played two games against really, really bad teams. The Kent yeah, State game was a gimme game. The Villanova game was a gimme game. Most teams only play one of those games. So I'm not going to like get up in arms that UCF hasn't caught anyone's attention yet, especially since Boise hasn't looked good either. So I'm not I have, angry, you know? I have zero issue with them having no votes right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they would. I, they're, they've not proven to be a team worth AP top 25 votes. I don't know. There are but quite a can, few teams out there that would be Kansas 3-0 State. on UCF schedule, you know? Yeah. But it, now if they beat Kansas State, they'll be getting some votes. Because I think even though it's once again on FS1, thrilled about that, that, the, you know, you go on the road and beat the Big 12 champ in your opening game, even though they lost last week, that's still, that catches some attention of all of a sudden it's like UCF, UCF's 4-0 and just took out Kansas State on the road. I wonder if there's something there and that gets people thinking about you and that starts to get you in that national spotlight a little more. Do you think, do you think there's a chance? I mean, I guess it would probably depend on the score and how it went. Yes. Do you think there's a chance that could get into the 20, go from no votes at all to getting into the top 25 with a win? Oh, no. Um, no, I don't. Okay. What I don't you? think so. <laughs> No, I don't. I wouldn't think so. But they'd also be four and zero and one and zero. Big Twelve play. They would. It's it's the fact out of top twenty five, the top twenty five, and then they beat Kansas State. Then yes, I think they would jump from no votes to the top twenty five. But 
I don't think, I think there's anything the they can do in that game that would jump them. I, that's, I mean, that's a tough ask to go from no votes to into ranked. You don't see that a lot because you have to also have to understand that that means that you need to pull votes to get ranked. It's not like one voter can just be like, I like you, so you know. And so you would, they would need a lot of people to be dropping teams out of their ballots to put UCF in. And I don't know what's going to happen this weekend that would make that possible. Some will do it, Some, but I, I, it's maybe if yeah. Kansas State had won and they're like number 13 right now, then maybe, but I, I don't see yeah. that. Yeah, it's a gem. I mean, I, I wouldn't know like going. I know there's teams that have jumped in the top 25. You're like they're ranked. Like Florida being ranked to me was like are, really, but I I don't know if they had votes or not last week. I they did have votes last week. They did have votes. Which why? What? You know what? Let me double check. Now that I've said that. I thought they did have votes last week because I thought I remember being annoyed about that. But I'll look it up really quickly. Because they lost to Utah and then beat whoever they beat last week. I don't even know who they played. But now I will be... say. <laughs> Before I know if they had votes or not last week, playing Tennessee in what was probably the most watched game of the week versus playing Kansas State on FS1 where you're going to get like yeah. 400,000 viewers, not really the same thing. It also sucks too because like there are other like big time games right around the 7 o'clock, 7.30 hour on Saturday. So like this game's going to get so lost, which I mean, there's nothing you can do about that, but it is just kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah Florida I mean, was, have... I guess Florida was not getting votes last week. Yeah, but I guess, I mean, that could be it. I mean, it was just the fact that they beat and they beat they beat a ranked Tennessee, and I don't know. And every AP and voter in America watched or heard about that game. I don't yeah. know how many AP voters in America next Saturday are going to be keeping a close eye on Kansas State UCF. <laughs> Ohio State Notre Dame kicking off thirty minutes before UCF and uh, Kansas State is going to be. It's it's going to suck a lot of viewers away <laughs> from that. But man, I, I it's know. funny. We're it's we're after this weekend. We'll be what uh one, two, three, a third of the way through the season. And UCF's exposure television-wise has unquestionably been worse than it was in the AAC, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And for Baylor game, it's already been announced it's going to be FS1 or FS2. FS2 didn't even know it's a real channel. So I I, I knew it was real, but I don't even know if everybody gets it. I, YouTube TV does not get it, apparently. So I'm good thing it's a home game for me. Yeah. But I, you know, it's it's unfortunate because I feel like it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point where it's like UCF gets a, pat, a bad TV slot, so it gets bad TV ratings. So then UCF doesn't get a better TV slot because Fox thinks they're just going to get bad TV ratings. Like they have bad ratings for their two games that have been on TV. No one watched Kent State or Boise. They both clocked yeah. in around 300,000, which is bad. And so, I think I think the reason like for it being FS1 or FS2 for Baylor, like that's Baylor's fault. So that's, that's it's Baylor's just... fault and it's UCF's fault. I mean, well, it's not UCF's fault. UCF quite literally could have done nothing differently up to this point, <laughs> but you know, it's just hopefully it'll be on FS1, at least not FS2. But yeah, I know, I know Cincinnati fans are bragging. They're like, we're, we're, we're on Fox for our game. And it's like, you're playing Oklahoma. It's like, you are just the team that happens to be playing Oklahoma. And yeah. that's why you got your Fox lot. Congratulations. Hope you feel good about it. Shout out on more the people... to Miami, Ohio, you losers, but yeah. more people are going to watch them get absolutely clanked. I think that's you and I had a disagreement on this because I want Cincinnati to beat Oklahoma because we are approaching the nightmare scenario where we get a Texas Oklahoma conference title game and I would like that to not happen so I'm fine with anybody beating Texas or Oklahoma and you said you cannot you do not want Cincinnati to win that game no let let them lose to somebody else I mean and if they don't yeah it sucks but nothing I can do about it I'd rather see Cincinnati fail checks are clear in either way right whether uh, yeah whether it's a Texas (laughs) quite literally are um Jovador key stats here um since you see or since UCF since 2017, UCF has played just one road game in front of 50,000 plus fans like they will do on Saturday night. That one game was 2018 USF, which doesn't count. Because it was because mostly it was UCF fans <laughs> yeah. is the reason that that happened. I was um, pretty stunned by that stat when we looked at it. You have up. to go back to Michigan in 2016, yep. right, before for, for the that previous ones. So, yeah, an atmosphere that UCF has not dealt with in quite a while. 
Now, I will say, and Gus brought this up at his presser today, while UCF has not dealt with an atmosphere of that caliber, most of UCF's players at this point have because they have a lot of transfers. Timmy started multiple games Inclu- in front of atmosphere like that. <laughs> Including Timmy, which I said on Saturday night after the, after the Villanova game, I was like, yeah, I just don't think Timmy's played an atmosphere like that. His freshman year, he actually played in two. He had against NC State, USF played there, and there was over 52,000. And then they played at BYU where there was like 60,000 people there, which I yeah. I was surprised yeah. to find that out for both. And then guys but, like Javon and Kobe obviously yeah. come from the SEC, so they've seen that. So from that perspective, maybe not as much. But the other thing that's interesting about this is I almost don't want to make too much of it because Kansas State, it, it, they get a lot of fans, but from what I understand, it's not like one of the craziest environments out there. They're also not insanely good at home. Since 2021, they're 11 and 5, which isn't bad, but for as yeah. good as they've been, I kind of was surprised to see they've dropped that many home games. So it's not like some environment I'm like, wow, there's no way UCF's getting out of with a win. The other thing I found interesting is that we talked a lot about, especially after 2021, like, wow, Gus Malzahn and UCF on the road, bad. Because if you remember in 2021, the only road game they won was Temple, and UCF was injured as hell that year. They lost Gabriel, yeah. they were starting a true freshman in Mikey. You know, 2022 to this season, UCF's 5-2 and two in road games. It's not yeah. bad. It's not bad at yeah. all. The one, I mean, the one that I can really say was like a glaring, like, ouch was ECU. Yeah. Last, last year, but I mean, they lost the conference title game. They were banged up, lost that at Tulane. Um, yeah, and I was thinking it's like actually an interesting picture of how much things have changed when you think like 2016 Michigan, obviously they're coming off of 2015, the 0-12 season, but it's like they went into that Michigan game with zero expectations that they would even put up a fight. And now it's like they're going into this game and, and 50,000 plus at Kansas State and they're like, everyone's like, so a lot of people are like, they're going to win the game. Yeah, it's I think that a crazy change. What's funny is that I also think 2016 Michigan really is a sort of a signal changing of UCF because not only was that the season before they went undefeated, I believe that's the final one-off by game UCF will ever have played. That was the last one. Yeah. Which that was wow. just like a, a thing in my childhood. Like every season they'd start off with two or three of those games where they were just going on the road to power five teams who were never coming back. They'd come back back when it was the Citrus Bowl days. They'd come back sometimes because it was like what USF's doing now where it's just like sweet yeah. will fill a stadium. But since the bounce house opened, mm-mm. And yeah, yeah, so that's kind of interesting to look back on. I looked, I don't have it right in front of me, but UCF's record, I looked up all their, their records since they joined the AAC and road games of 50,000 plus. It wasn't bad. I think it was like five and six or something like that. They've won some big ones. Louisville in 2013, Penn State in 2013. They've, they've done it before. It's not like this is, wow, can UCF win in front of that many people, you know? Yeah, I think so. Um, Key stat number two, this matchup features UCF's number two rushing offense against Kansas State's number three rushing defense. It's not scary at all. Yeah, it's like I, I think we talked about it last week with Timmy, where it was like if they can run the ball as well as they have been. Timmy will have to do less because it's always easier when you have a dominant run game. It's gonna be a little harder to have a dominant run game when you're facing this Kansas State defense. So, and my we'll instinct see. was okay, they've played Troy in an FCS team as two of their games, but Missouri 90, 94 rushing yards against them last week. Yeah. I mean, this feels like a prove it moment for UCF the running backs we've talked about a lot how strong their running game is, and I I think they are going to prove it. I don't I don't you know. That's a really tough run defense. I don't think they're going to pop off for 130 yards alone for RJ or something like that. But, you know, I I just I think that this is probably the most worrying stat for me because I definitely don't think UCF wants to get in a situation where this game is basically on Timmy's shoulders. And if they get a quarter in and the run game can't get going, that's what this is going to be is Timmy's going to have to beat them. And I think that's not a spot you want to be in if you're UCF. And I mean, I know all of this works together, but unfortunately, like what what it's going to be if they can't run the ball, it's not going to be the running backs. It's going to be the offensive line. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be defensive. The K-State defensive line dominating in the trenches and there being nowhere for any UCF running back to run. 
that's worrying to me because I'm just like I'm not sure UCF's at that level yet where they're ready not ready but like that they can physically hold up in the trenches against some of these bigger defensive lines they'll face maybe I'm insane because you say that like I'm imagining the O-line just getting beat up on and in my brain I'm like RJ would be fine (laughs) like I'm like he would just dance around and find a way out of it but you are right And, and on top of that we now have two different centers who knows which one is gonna BN Bula missed last week. We don't know if he's going to be back this week. Uh, Adrian Medley got a little banged up in his place. So the O-line is kind of in flux. Gus said that they're trying out a lot of different stuff in practice right now at O-line. So not really where you want to be. I don't think three games in, like, I think they probably would like to have it figured out by now. But... They've talked about the depth, all about the depth they have there. So I'm sure they didn't want to be benching their center three games into the season. So it's just going to be this all year. It's just going to be, oh, we're, we've got a lot of depth. We're just, we're figuring out the offensive line. We're trying out some different things. Well, some of it's on them and some of it's not like you, you know, when, and again, I don't know, did Bula not play because Bula couldn't play or did Bula not play because he's banged up and they're playing Villanova? I don't know. Um, But it kind of depends because if it's injury related, it's just, what are you supposed to do? I mean, if there's injuries, you have to find a way around that. But if it's just them, they're like, golly gee, we have so much depth. Let's just start throwing guys out there and seeing what happens. Like, yeah, that I don't love as much. (laughs) Yeah, but it's better than playing three quarterbacks uh, every week. And hoping one of them is really SJ2 SJ2 is is showing Gus the checks that they're writing Amari Kite still, and he's like, maybe Amari Kite can be the right tackle. Like, let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. Yeah, that might be a necessary thing actually. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just I think so much of this game is going to be about running like r- the run game, and I think the trenches in, in general because I mean I think UCF's defensive line will have to do a lot of work um, on on that side of the ball, but you know we'll see how that plays out. And then the final final key stat we had. Uh, was that Kansas State has scored 40-plus points in four of its last five home games. So it feels almost like as much as we think it's like a a test for UCS running game, this is going to be the first real test for UCS defense too. I have to say a really weird thing that just happened in real time was I made the joke about SJ and the check, and I said that. My yeah. phone buzzed and it was a notification from the kingdom tweeting at me. And I was like, Did, like it just really freaked me out for a second. I've <laughs> They're got, listening. They've got this <laughs> podcast bug. We're being surveilled. Why did they tweet um, at you? They quote tweeted our uh, our live podcast at Nights Out and said that people should go and also order the Nitro, which is the drink there that is supporting the kingdom. So oh. there you go. The okay. kingdom says it. Go to the Pegasus podcast live taping. If the can kingdom says it, endorsed by it. the kingdom. <laughs> just got endorsed by the kingdom. Crazy. Podcast massive. I've been um, a kingdom member for like what a month and a half now, and I'm loving it so far. It's so stupid that it's like I'm giving them 25 bucks a month, and I literally in my head I'm like I'm helping UCF land great players. <laughs> like I do feel that way. Great players, like all the ones that they landed in the transfer portal, they paid and have not. <laughs> okay, <played them. laughs> that's only half the battle, though. I hope UCF fans understand that yeah. transfer portal is cool, retention is cooler, and without the kingdom, there are a lot of really, really good players that UCF has right now that probably are not here. So yeah, even more that would have left because some already did. Um, yeah. but yeah, so this this key stat w- would Kansas UCF State. would UCF have the number two rushing offense in the country without the kingdom? I don't think so, personally. Probably but, not. You know. <laughs> um, so yeah, Kansas State scored a lot of points at home. Uh, UCF not allowing a lot of points this season, but also have not played a competent offense. So I don't know. Like I, wow. I even like Boise state, like, I don't think that was a good offense. I was going to say, so we're calling Boise state as an incompetent offense. I will yes, say they that had one, they had one player that I think really did some damage. I think that what this, this stat, I'm sorry. I'm just getting Twitter notifications now about. Whatever, okay, I think but... I just heard your phone buzz on the yeah, table. <laughs> that's not good. Don't like that. That's picking up on the mic. Um, I think what this stat signals is this isn't one of those games that we've seen UCF win as recently as a week ago and that we saw a couple times last year where UCF's offense can get stuck in the mud and put up 18 points and UCF wins. I think that the offense needs to produce because Kansas State is going to produce. And I, you know, 
there are questions with Kansas State. I think the biggest one, which we referenced earlier, is that Will Howard, their quarterback, did get banged up against Missouri. He was limping on the field. Avery Johnson, who was their true freshman star quarterback, who is like one of their highest rated recruits, if not their highest rated recruit ever, came in in relief of him a few times and and sort of did the Joey Gatewood special. And I, that's something to keep an eye on because that's really going to influence things for Kansas State, obviously, and their offense and what it's capable of producing. But either way, they're more than one player. They're a very tough, very deep team. So Yeah, I, I was curious about the Will Howard thing because I know I was talking to Scott and he was saying that he thinks that it'd be a battle of backup quarterbacks this Saturday. I don't know how serious the Howard thing is. I don't know if it was something where like it got worse after the game on Saturday. Like it kind of just, I don't even know what the injury was. It got swelled up because he did still play the majority of that game. He threw for 270 yards and three touchdowns. So um, I think either way, like it's going to be a test for UCF's defense, either no matter who the quarterback is. So I got to say on that front, I went to the presser today and I I checked beforehand. I checked a couple different Kansas State sites and it is, they're not sure he's going to play. It's not like, wow, he might not, he really yeah. won't, but it's in question. And I asked Gus about it and he didn't seem like super... Like he bought that in his response. And then Jason Johnson later in the presser confirmed that they're, he basically said they're just preparing for Will Howard right now. So I don't know if UCF knows something we don't, but UCF seems to not be expecting him to miss that game. Okay. I I don't know. If, I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe they know something we don't. I, yeah, I can't, it, it, I can't I fathom that the coaching staff would not know that that was in question when it's like all over Twitter. So maybe they just, you know, who knows? We've yeah, got Lane Kiffin out here. Have, have you, have we, have you seen the Lane Kiffin tweet? And this doesn't relate to UCF, but I thought it was. Was it the, uh, Thing about, about the Alabama, Alabama coordinators. Yeah. Yeah. So Lane Kiffin in his press conference, they asked him about preparing for Alabama's defense. And he was like, well, from looking at the tape, it's very clear that they've basically demoted their defensive coordinator. And this other guy we now believe is calling the defense just said that in a press conference. Yeah. Like teams always know stuff that we don't, I, they usually don't say in a press conference setting. So maybe UCF is just for whatever reason is certain that it's going to be well. One of, one of my favorite things that Lane Kiffin does, like when like he'll share articles about like him or about Ole Miss and like, he'll probably, he'll very clearly just like hit the share button, like on ESPN app or whatever. And so like auto generates the tweet. And so it's just the headline. So it's like him tweeting Lane Kiffin believes, cause that's how I saw it. I didn't even like, I just saw Lane Kiffin believes Alabama changed defensive coordinators um, from Lane Kiffin. But yeah, I don't know. Is... Hopefully they know that because if they don't, that would be just kind of really dumb. If but like, Avery yeah. Johnson played last week anyway. So like, I feel like yeah. they have to expect that again, because basically they were just bringing him, bringing him in to do some stuff with his legs. Cause Will Howard yeah. clearly wasn't very mobile. Yeah. Let me he didn't attempt the pass. Let me ask you a question. You are, okay. you now have the powers to control the world and you get to pick. You see, I don't know why I phrased it that way. Would you rather UCF face Will Howard, who's still recovering and might be a little banged up, or Avery Johnson, who's never started a game in college? Been that's, I don't know enough about Avery Johnson, but I'd lean Very highly that. rated recruit. Yeah, but I mean, I, do we know if he's that good yet? Very highly rated recruit. I've given you the extent of the information I have on Avery Johnson. So it's a very highly rated recruit. That that I'm out after that. That's what I've got. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't Because it, it just depends on how banged up. Like, it's just... Yeah. If Will, if Will Howard's like... Can, is limping i don't know usually by the time you get out around to a game a guy who's still banged up isn't really limping out onto the field it's just if something re-aggravates him then he'll be i guess he'll be more easy to re-aggravate but i don't here's know i'd really probably toxic, say Avery johnson here's my really toxic stance on that is that if ucf loses and will howard played then i get to pull the well ucf was missing their quarterback and if ucf <laughs> loses to kansas state's backup i don't really get to say that so i feel yeah. like from an excuses perspective it'd probably be preferable for will howard to play and the excuses are what you want to look at now that UCF's in power five. <laughs> Excuse, so. I, literally, I, that's this is the game now, guys. It's like what actually happens yeah. on the field only. The final score doesn't really matter anymore. It's just how we're going to spin it. Welcome to yeah. the power five world. So, uh, Christian, how can UCF win this game? 
Um, I think how UCF will win is if Timmy plays well and is able to do enough things to keep Kansas State honest, which it will open up the run game, and if Will Howard struggles with injury. I think those are your two different paths to success for UCF. I really do think that this isn't a game where Timmy can just hand the ball off and it doesn't really matter who's a quarterback. He's going to have to do enough. He's going to have to hit some of these deep balls to get Kansas State to open up some room for the other guys. I think that's how they win. Which I think he can do. I think he can do it too. I feel pretty good um, about what we saw from him as, as the game went on against Villanova. I have uh, I just think a lot of this is going to be about the trenches, about off the offensive line for UCF being able to establish that run game um, and being able to protect Timmy. Because if Timmy's, I mean, Timmy is capable of escaping and running for his life. He did it at USF and he did it when he needed to this this past weekend. But you don't want him just constantly like all the plays being broken like that's That's not going to give your offense any sustained success. I think defensively, I mean, as much as it'll be about the trenches, it's just the secondary can't be allowing big play after big play. Um, and I, I think feel UCF like I weirdly trust the like... secondary right now because you said that and I'm like yeah I don't feel like I'm super worried about that now the, the Jordan mask we'll is see. out let me say another big one that we just haven't even mentioned is Ricky Barber did not play against Villanova yeah. and I'm just I'm operating under the assumption she's going to be back because Gus has just kind of been acting like that's no big deal and acting he like needs that to play again in the press I think it's over if he doesn't yeah. play in this game so yeah, yeah we'll see what happens there um, how can UCF lose the game I have K-State dominates on the lines and UCF can't effectively move the ball. I think if they could be in the trenches, if they can't get any kind of run game going, if this game evolves and devolves into Timmy just has to keep chucking it downfield, I think they lose. Um, yeah. I think it could get ugly quickly. So Yeah, it, it definitely could. And I think that's part of it is like early on, you have to be able to give yourself a reason to believe. And I think they can lose this game as if they, they fall behind early and then things just kind of snowball. I think yeah. a lot of it is, and I don't think it's like the crowd necessarily being the problem. Like, but we just talked about that, but like, letting the moment get too big and kind of just doing too much and like racking up penalties and just putting yourself in bad positions. Cause I think talent wise, like you look at both sides and you think like that this is fairly even, I think in terms of talent and, and skill talent, I think the trenches might be the difference in terms of the personnel, but I think this is a game that they can be in the whole way, but they could also easily take themselves out of the game by just doing stupid things. Yeah. This is a really tough one to predict. I think there are a lot yeah. of different, different variables at play here. And I think we're going to, probably within the first few minutes of the game really understand what kind of a game we're in for but beforehand it's just tough i mean we just haven't really seen ucf do this go on the road to a power five team in a league game hasn't happened before ever and i know they've gone on the road to p5 teams but this is an interesting one i mean when was the last time they i mean kansas state is the best power five team they've played in the regular season since when 2016 yeah i, I mean think yeah so? so it's this is yeah. this this is just hard to predict because it's just not something we've seen so it's yeah, gonna be interesting. I'm, we're talking about this now. It's 546 on Monday evening and I'm like getting jittery. Like I'm yeah. really anxious for this game and just ready for it to get here. Cause yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to know very early on whether or not UCF's going to hang around and it'll be very sad. I think if they're, if they can't, if it's very obvious, that's like, all right, they're just going to get steamrolled, but at least we'll know pretty early. I think. I just don't think they're going to get steamrolled. I could be wrong, but it's like this team has a lot of talent. It has in a lot of different places. So I just, I feel like a lot, like I said, I can see where they don't get steamrolled, but it's the third quarter they're down double digits and have to start doing stuff they don't normally do and things get out of control like that I could see yeah. but I don't think they're going to come out there and just not be competitive that would really surprise yeah. me yeah I hope not um tough to predict but why don't you give it a shot what's your score tough prediction? to predict but we'll do it anyway yeah I have sorry guys I have Kansas State winning 35 to 24 I think that UCF's going to generate some okay. offense I think they'll get some touchdowns but I think that Kansas State is just I'm worried about the lines and I'm worried about how physical Kansas State is. And I know the coaching staff is too, because they are up 19 times today. And I just, this is tough. <laughs> this is a tough one. I don't think yeah. that this is an indictment on the season. I just think this is a really tough first game. Yeah, I have Kansas State 34, UCF 27. So 
I kind of have him keeping it a little bit closer, but I don't really feel very confident. Like I'm like, yeah, they'll only lose by a touchdown, but so it's funny is I originally had 35, 28. And then I thought more about it and I'm like, they're going to get in the red zone at one point screwed up and I'm going to drop them to a field goal. for one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's, it's so weird where like, I feel like this is going to happen quite a few times this year where it's like you get to game week and you're like, they could win this game. And you talk yourself into like, yeah, they could win it. And I really think they could win this game, but it's like, I'm not, at least with this one, I'm not, I don't feel safe predicting them to go into Kansas state and beat them. Outside of Oklahoma, there is literally no game on the schedule right now where I'm like, they can't win that. They can win yeah. all of them. It's just, they're not going to, because it's tough. So many of these still feel like toss ups. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out on Saturday night. Again, we will be at nights out pub for the game. And then our post game podcast, which will probably start near, near midnight, if not a little bit after our near midnight podcast, which the kingdom has now told you to go to. So yes. if you believe that UCF should retain very good players, come see our, our kingdom, podcast live. Our kingdom NIL endorsed podcast will be live <laughs> at nights out pub. Um, a few things in the football news, something you already mentioned, um, UCF and Baylor kicking off at 3.30 uh, next weekend on FS1 or FS2. So the home Big 12 debut, which is part of the whole Big 12 homecoming thing. Um, 3.30 kick against Baylor. Baylor's looked really, really bad lately and throughout the first three games of the season. I mean, they they lost, who was it? They lost to Texas State. They lost to Utah. Utah with, I mean, Utah's a good team. They had a backup quarterback. And I think even with a backup quarterback, Utah's a good team. And Baylor, Baylor's defense played well in that game. Baylor only scored 13 points. And then they were up 16 to 7, I think, at, at halftime against Long Island, who I didn't know had a, a football team or was a school. Um, so, yeah, they haven't been – they seem pretty vulnerable. Um, now. They, they, also, they also played number three Texas this weekend uh, before coming to Orlando. Variable to keep in mind, Blake Shapin. Baylor starting quarterback has not been playing, got hurt against Utah. Uh, they said today that he will be out against Texas, but that they expect him to only be out one more week, which means he will be returning for his game against UCF most likely. Do with that information what you will. Do you know what the injury is? You know what? I watched oh. it happen live and I still don't. I haven't, I have, that's the thing is I haven't like, I've done the whole around the big 12 thing for night sports now, which you should go read by the way. Um, but I have not watched Baylor, I don't think, at all this season. I might have watched a little bit of the Utah game. I'm not sure. I think it actually, um, now I think about it, I think I've watched, I've just realized I've watched every Baylor game except Long Island, like almost in entirety. I think he actually got hurt against Texas State, I remember now. It was like, okay. it was some kind of leg injury because he was just having a hard time moving. Like they kept him in throughout it for a while and he just couldn't, he just had no mobility. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It was, it was Sawyer Robertson was in his place and he was, he has not been good. He was 10 for 22 against uh, Long Island. So. so if if Shapin does come back, which he's told the staff projects him to against UCF, a little bit of a different game, but I don't know. Yeah. I think Baylor's issues go far beyond who's in a quarterback. So I think so. Um, and then some of the other things we had here, Gene McDowell will be inducted into the UCF Athletics Hall of Fame. He's part of this year's class, um, which also includes Mark Daniels. Um, I don't have the whole list in front of me, but pretty pretty big class, I think, going in yep. this year. Um they call him the godfather of UCF football? Is that is that a, a term there's people have used or the father quite of literally, There's quite literally not a UCF football program today without Gene McDowell. Yeah. So I think whatever yeah. term you want to use fits. Right. Um, and then finally, just some UCF and the NFL news. Former wide receiver, former UCF wide receiver Brandon Johnson was at the center of some drama in the Broncos game against the Commanders. He had a touchdown catch and then he caught a Hail Mary as time expired, which then Denver had a chance to tie the game with a two-point conversion, which they missed. But he caught a Hail Mary. It was kind of similar to the Brashad Perriman one uh, against ECU because, like, it got – this one got tipped at least. 
but it just kind of like he was behind the defenders in the end zone and it got tipped into his arms. Um, so yeah, it's cool to see him, him succeed. I think he was somebody who he, how many touch he had a lot of touchdowns. He's a big red zone guy for UCF in 2021. One of their, one of their two receivers that year. Um, so good to see him succeeding. It's been awesome. Yeah. Um, game of the week, (laughs) another, at least going off of last week's polls, uh, men's soccer polls, another top five matchup for UCF coming up this Saturday. Uh, they were ranked number five last week, and then they they drew West Virginia 2-2 in a top five matchup. Um, but now UCF's 4-0-2, and they go to number two, Marshall, who's 7-0 uh, this Saturday, 7-15, just before uh, UCF Kansas State in football. Marshall won the national championship like a few years ago. It's a very good program, and the Sun Belt is just – it's very fun. It's the fun. It is the. I mean, it's the fun belt in football, but it's also the fun belt in mid soccer because this is a, a league that has a lot of good programs. So yep, it is the cream of the crop as far as men's soccer is concerned. So that's exciting yeah. for men's soccer. I, I, they're having a hell of a year. It's fun. I hope they can keep it up. We will see. Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna get tough. But uh, tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. A lot to get through here, guys. Um. Okay. So a lot of different ways I could have gone off tweet of the week this week. Um. I think that one of the ways I almost went, but then just so much other stuff happened was Miami fans, man, let me tell you, Miami, not a great crowd for their Bethune Cookman Thursday night game. I decided to have some fun with that and post a photo of Miami's crowd versus UCF crowd, which I have to say to all the Miami fans who replied and said, I picked a photo from the end of the game. No, I didn't. The the photo was from the middle of the game. That's just how bad your crowd was. I then posted several other photos that fans posted from the first and second quarters that showed that. I mean, I seriously, they announced 40,000, like all jokes aside, that looked like at most 20,000 people in the entire stadium, which is crazy. So I have to give tweet of the week to all the Miami fans who they have a new line, which they've been using. I've seen it a lot of my, and a lot of my replies where they come in and say, well, that's, we're a private school and we don't have a lot of students. And I'm like, that's correct. Thank you for explaining why you don't have fans. That still doesn't change that you don't have fans. It also doesn't change that 20 years ago, Miami packed their stadium and they don't now. So where did they go guys? I'm curious. There was one Miami. It's like they're subtly like uh, admitting they're not a brand anymore. Yes. And there was one Miami fan in particular who replied to me. It was the dumbest one. I don't have the tweet in front of me. I think he was the guy who was like Tommy Castellanos' trainer or something at one point. And he, in the same tweet, told me that I need to I need to deal in facts and pay attention to facts. And also said that 90% of a stadium for each game is students. That's just not a fact. That's just, I, yeah. Didn't you guys realize that 90% of each college football team stadium are fans who don't pay to get in? That that's yeah, it's just such a money make. I, I like I just I don't get how people Did he mean nine percent? Like <laughs> that would be accurate. That would be I just I love that's one of the things all about social media is people will so confidently be dumb. Like they will just say things that are just clearly not true. But I just I found that one in particular interesting just because and I get it, he's defending his school, whatever, but I just found it funny that he said dealing facts and also listed something that was blatantly wrong. So shout out to all the Miami fans who said varying things like that. Um, other big one was uh, USF fans for two different things. One, rooting for Tamita Phelan, saying he sucks. That was great. Great look on you guys. Um, really hilarious to compare that situation. Like Timmy McLean was U- USF starter as a true freshman, was then benched for a transfer, and he leaves. And USF fans are like, we hate you and hope you fail in all your future endeavors. You go over to UCF, Mikey Keene started as a true freshman, was benched for a transfer, and leaves. And UCF fans are like, yeah, go Mikey. Hope you do well. So says a lot about the nine USF fans out there. Other thing about USF, I got to give tweet of the week or one of the many tweet of the weeks I'm giving out to the actual USF official athletics account who tweeted the attendance for the Alabama game, 65,138, and said, thank you, Bulls Nation. And I just want to also join UCF athletics, USF athletics, excuse me, to thank Bulls Nation. The the 5% of the stadium they made up really was not missed. So I, of course, made fun of that on Twitter because 
Yes. I, I just, I, what, no one may, makes you tweet your attendance. There's no obligation to do that. And they went out of their way to tweet their attendance and thank Bulls Nation for all That's the, the thing I, is like, even if you want to tweet the attendance and say something about like, oh, like, a, I don't know, like you just can't be like, thank you, Bulls Nation, for filling the stadium. Like it was not USF fans that filled the stadium. You could have said like, oh, like, I don't know. You could have done anything. You could have just said tonight's attendance or today's attendance and put the attendance number. That's you it. still would have gotten a bunch of jokes, but at least you wouldn't, have said, like, you wouldn't have insinuated that it was USF fans that filled that stadium. And my one on top of that was, I then made fun of that, as you do. And Bull in the Bay replied to me and said, exposure is exposure, my dude. UCF is undefeated in a power five and no one is talking about them. Zero, not even one AP top 25 vote. USF fans are running laps on Twitter, high-fiving, going, we're being talked about, we're being talked about, and here's how they're being talked about. And this isn't like me. Everyone nationally is saying, wow, I can't believe that Alabama played a close game with one of the worst programs in all of FBS. Is Nick Saban over? That's that's their what they're, like, that's how far this Oof. sad little program has fallen, is that they've gone from bragging about, we were number two for six days, so they're now like, oh my God, can you believe it? Our name is showing up in some headlines about how bad we are historically. And like, I, I just, it's like, I, I, I get that fans are crazy. Like every fan for every team is crazy. UCF fans are crazy. USF fans are crazy. They're all crazy. We're all insane. That's why we're here. But to, to be excited about that, to be like, I'm so thrilled that people are talking about Alabama almost losing to us as what an apocalyptic thing that is because of how <laughs> horrible USF is and how USF is at this point, probably the worst FBS program of the last four years. They have not, they've lost 18 straight games against FBS opponents. And they're just over the moon excited. I, I just, they're just sad people. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. That's the thing. It's like, uh, I don't know. Like all, of the things that you could choose from Saturday to be like excited about, you could be excited about how your defense played in that game. I know like Alabama's quarterbacks were two of the worst I've ever seen play a football game. Um, but I think USF like hung in, hung in the game. Their defense played well. Their offense couldn't do anything. Um, their defense played well. Like you can be excited about, you know, your coach. You can be excited about the way that they played. But it's just weird to be like, oh, like we're being taught, we're getting exposure for for this effort and this like valiant performance. It's like, no, everyone's questioning how Alabama didn't win by 40. Like it's I don't know. It's a weird thing to like it's a weird avenue to be excited about considering their actual real things. I think that they could take away from that game to be excited about. I also like that he called you my dude like he's Argyle from Stranger Things. That was the first thing that popped in my head. I just made me think of that. There were a lot um, of USF. I also like a couple of USF fans replied to things. And I see, and I, I, I laughed at this because they were like, wow, UCF fans are in the power five and they still care about us. It's like, yes, I've been a UCF fan my whole life. We're rivals. That's how this works. I love watching you fail. And I'm going to continue to love watching you fail no matter how better of a conference UCF is than yours. I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. Congrats yeah. on your failure. I'm looking forward to more of it throughout the season. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, who do they have this week? Isn't this the week they play Rice? I don't care who. Yes, they do. Because I a USF like... fan tweeted that it is the first ever AAC game between AAU members. Saddest fan base in sports. Saddest fan base in sports. I don't know how they even go on being fans of this team. I guess you just have to grasp at something at this point when they're that Delusion. historically awful. Terrible yeah. program. Ugh. Terrible. <laughs> just, I, just unspeakably horrible at football. And have been for many years now. Thank yeah. you for the quarterback, though. We do appreciate it. And thank Colorado you. says thank you for Jimmy Horn. See, you guys had like four good players. They're yeah. all on other teams now. Wasn't uh the other one from USF too? Was Xavier Weaver a USF player or no? I thought they had another player somewhere. Maybe it Maybe. was in Colorado. Um, 
But yeah, they've had some good players that have moved on to better programs. Also, all of them, we're just gonna keep going. All of them talking about how, well, us playing Alabama close signals that we've made it. Does no one remember how they almost beat Florida last year and then lost to Louisville 42 to three the next week? Like, am I the only yeah. person that remembers that? Is that just yeah. me? No, I, I had this kind of similar thing because even early on in that game when they were hanging around, I was like, they almost beat Florida last year. And that's just like, now they're like hanging around with Alabama, but they still suck. Like, it's I just... can't wait for Rice to absolutely cook them this weekend. And they're going to go on Twitter and be <laughs> and like, Rice well, <laughs> that's a, yeah, like Rice. That, that was an AAU member we lost to. I mean, that's prestigious. UCF lost to Kansas State and they don't even have satellite campuses. Like they'll do some dumb crap like that <laughs> on Twitter. I, I just watch it happen, guys. Like seriously, sad fan base. Rice cooker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh more than it should have. But yeah, it'd be fun. Um this whole this whole it's because the thing is like it's such a bizarre like oh you still care about us like ucf fans do it to usf people too where they're like oh like this rivalry is dead like you're still talking like no ucf fans are engaging with usf fans and usf fans are engaging with ucf fans so it's like it's very clearly still like a back and forth even though both sides are like wow like we're we've moved on or like it's the exact same thing as the texas texas a&m rivalry where it's like and vanini tweeted this once where he basically said that like the the Warren I-4 rivalry is not even a rivalry. It's just both program is it, both programs are desperate to be able to say that the other one is irrelevant. Like, that's what it is. They want to be able to say, <laughs> we're relevant and you're not. And that's the whole thing. It's not even about, like, like the Egg Bowl or, like, Oklahoma, Texas is all like, man, we hate you and really, really love playing you and beating you. And it's great when we beat you. And UCF, USF are over here, like, comparing, like, television dollars and attendance figures and, like, who got what TV window. Like, that's what matters to UCF, USF. It's just, like a fight for who's relevant. And yeah. let me tell you, USF, you playing a close game with Bama does not make you relevant. It makes you the end of a headline where you are not the story. Congratulations. Enjoy <laughs> it. You will not be talked about again the rest of the season. Probably not next season either because you're a terrible program. Might have been the longest tweet of the week segment ever. And we went on for a while. Hey, Alex yeah. Gullish, though, he was really good at UC as UCF's OC where he didn't call plays and, and did try to did try to sign 15 tight ends in one class for some reason. Still not sure what that's about. <laughs> I forgot but. about that. So yeah. maybe maybe there's maybe there's a, you know, brighter horizons. And there's still like there's only so much of a ceiling, even if there are brighter horizons. But yeah, I mean, right. before this, they hired Jeff Scott, who was considered one of the greatest up and coming coaches in all of college football. And they fired him after two years. So clearly they know what they're doing over there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Unwinnable um, situation, some are saying. Yeah, right, I'm, I'm done. I swear. All right, I'm cool. Done. We're good. Um, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, thank you guys. All the, the USF fans maybe hate listening to that segment. It would be great. Um, just drive those listens up. Um, but thank you guys for joining us. Uh, keep leaving us those five-star reviews with your five-star review questions. We'll continue to get to them each week. And again, please join us on Saturday night at Nights Out Pub uh, for the Kansas State game and for our post-game podcast after the game. Um, of course, that's at 3402 Technological Avenue in Suite 202, right off University Boulevard, close to UCS campus. Um, yeah, we'll be back Saturday night with episode 162. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We will talk to you Saturday. We've been through two U.S. president administrations since USF last beat UCF. Bye, everybody.